Thank you for listening to Tahlequah First United Methodist Church's sermon podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go online at tahlequahumc.org. Thank you and have a blessed day. We're in our second week of our lessons from the Gospel of Luke sermon series and Picked, well, I didn't pick the Gospel of Luke. The lectionary picked the Gospel of Luke for this summer. And I wanted us to dive in a little bit uh, into the Gospel of Luke to familiarize ourselves over the next few years to really get to read the Gospels. And so last year we read the Gospel of Mark, and this year I'm encouraging you to read the Gospel of Luke. And if you notice in your Connect, Serve, and Grow guide, we have a uh, kind of a way for you to go about that and what your daily reading is. And we're just asking you to read a chapter a day of Luke and to familiarize yourself with it. Dig into it. See where it's calling you to be. Um, See what it's speaking to you because I think you'll find that one, there'll be some things in there that you had never seen before. That two, that it will speak to you in such a way that it will inspire you to action. And then three, um, anytime we read scripture, God speaks to us. And so I want to encourage you to open yourself up to those moments and those times. And so with that in mind, let us dig in to where Jesus is sending us out. But before we do that, let's go to God in prayer. Lord, as we listen to the reading and preaching of your word, impart to us the message that will give us new life this day so that we may love and serve you with our whole hearts. And all of us gathered here said, Amen. Our scripture lesson for today is the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses 1 through 11. Listen to these words. After these things, the Lord commissioned 72 others and sent them on ahead in pairs to every city and place he was about to go. He said to them, the harvest is bigger than you can imagine, but there are few workers Therefore, plead with the Lord of the harvest to send out workers for his harvest. Go. Be warned, though. I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. Carry no wallet, no bag, and no sandals. Don't, greet, don't even greet anyone along the way. And whenever you enter a house, first say, May peace be on this house. If there are shares God's peace then your peace will rest on that person. If not, your blessing will return to you. Remain in this house, eating and drinking whatever they set before you, for workers deserve their pay. Don't move from house to house, and whenever you enter a city and its people welcome you, eat what they set before you. Heal the sick who are there and say to them, God's kingdom has come upon you. Whenever you enter a city, the people don't welcome you. Go out into the streets and say, as a complaint against you, we brush off the dust of your city that God has collected on our feet. But know this, God's kingdom has come to you. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. So as we dig into the scripture reading today, I want to encourage you to think about yourself as one of those 72 that Jesus sent out. You're sitting there with Jesus, and then all of a sudden he says, hey, I'm going to send you out. I'm going to send you out to all these other places, and we haven't been there yet, but I want you to know you're going to be okay if you follow my rules. And he lays out his rules. 
And, and we find that the disciples are, are and, and these people that are sent out are willing to go. If you notice, there's no discourse of anybody saying, well, Jesus, um, it doesn't fit my schedule. Um, well, Jesus, they're not going to have the food that I like. Well, Jesus, um, you know, I, I just don't want to be one of those people that you picked. Can you send somebody else? Can you send 71 instead of 72? But if you also notice in the story, he doesn't just send them out one by one. They go out two by two. And they're not alone. And if we dig into the scripture a little bit deeper, we, we find ourselves asking ourselves, are we one of the ones that are sent out? I'm reading a book right now called The Passionate Church by uh, Mike Slaughter. He's a retired elder in the United Methodist Church. And, and in his book this week, he, he had this line that, that just has stuck with me and has been just chewing at me all week. He says, The measure of effectiveness for a church is not its seating capacity, but its sending capacity. And what Slaughter's saying here and, and what Jesus is challenging us to is, is it's not about how many people show up in our pews on Sunday mornings. It's how many people we're equipping to go out into the world and share the good news that God's kingdom is here today. And God is with you and cares for you and loves you. And when we think about that, that, that we're, we're about sending out, that we're about people who are going out into the world, that this is a place of recharging, that we come back on Sunday morning to be recharged and renewed. We, we come to Sunday school to grow in our faith and to grow in our knowledge, and, and, and we do that so we can go out into the world and share our why with people. Because one of the things that Christians have gotten bad at is sharing the why they do what they do. We've forgotten that in everything we do, we're doing it to honor and glorify God in such a way that our lives show it. And if we believe in that and we go out into the world and in our little circles of influence, if we're willing to share God's love with everyone and not be afraid, then it's okay. You'll be all right. Because you're not alone. We're sending you out with a lot of people that are, notice, around you today. And I love this story. He sends them out. But, you know, if, if I were to give a mission team, because I love sending, I love going on mission trips, I love planning mission trips. If I were to give them a packing list that said you can't bring any money, some people would be okay with that. You can't bring a bag, no bags at all. No sandals, no extra things, just yourself. Bring the clothes that you have on your back and just yourself, and we're going to have a week of fun. You know how many people would probably go with me on that mission trip? Probably a few youth who just don't know better and don't care about showering and all that other stuff. And a couple of adults who just love going and serving in the name of Jesus. But man, that would be a hard sell, wouldn't it? It'd be a hard sell to say, hey, I, I want you to come and serve with me. We're going to go and, and, and serve this community and, and you can't take anything with you. Just show up. We'll, we'll put you in the church van. Don't worry about eating. Uh, we will be provided for, even though there's no plan for eating. Like, man, the selling point on that mission trip would be very difficult. Jesus reminds us today in verse 2 that, we, that the harvest is plenty and that there are workers needed. Man, if, if we don't look around us and see that the harvest is plenty, then we need to open our eyes a little bit. This place isn't filled. 
We're not filled to capacity. We have work to do. As I was reading verse 2 today, it, it reminded me that uh, he, you know, Jesus said to them, The harvest is bigger than you can imagine, but there are few workers. Therefore, plead with the Lord for the harvest to send out workers for his harvest. And Jesus is asking for these, for, for, he's kind of giving a blessing to these people he's sending out. And he's saying that, that these guys that are going out, guys and girls that are going out, to, that they'll be blessed and that they'll find more workers so we can bring in more harvest because there's so much out there that just sending out the 72 isn't enough. And church, in order for us to move from where we are right now and to, to continue to grow and to continue to do bigger and better things, we have to be willing to be harvesters. We have to be willing to go to those places where the harvest is because, let me tell you, they're not going to come here. Have you ever noticed that wheat crop just doesn't jump in to the truck? You have to work at it a little bit. You have to get dirty. You know, one of the things I loved about being when I was in western Oklahoma is on Sunday mornings during wheat season and those guys would come in and harvest. And, and I mean, they would come to church like head to toe dirty. they just come off the field, but they were willing to come and worship because they know they needed that to go out and spread the good news. So how dirty are we from our weeks? How much are we willing to go and be harvesters for the kingdom of God. There is a harvest out there. It's not like Tahlequah is dying. This is a growing community. The harvest is plenty. We need you. And before you give me your butts, because that's usually the next thing, everybody's willing to give me their butts, why they can't do, I'm reminded of Martin Luther King's sermon called The Drum Major Instinct. He has this great line, and I wish I would have put it on the slide for you this week, but, but this is one of my favorite lines of that sermon. He says, because everybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and your verb agree to serve. You don't have to know Plato and Aristotle to serve. You don't have to know Einstein's theory of relativity to serve. You don't have to know the second theory of thermodynamics and physics to serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love, and you can be that servant. So before you give up your butts, understand this, that you have the gifts and graces to serve. You just got to believe in yourself. Be willing to take that step out and be willing to share the good news. And, and, and you know what's really great about this? Notice that Jesus doesn't give us a litmus test. He, he, he doesn't um, say, all right, disciples, how many of you can say all 66 books of the Bible? Of course, they didn't have 66 books of the Bible. But how many of you can name all the books of Torah? He didn't give a litmus test and say, all right, when was the last time you did this? When will, you know, he, he just sent them out and said, go and serve, and, and everything will be all right. But he did warn them. We see in verse 3 that he said, go. Be warned, though. I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. Church, I would love to tell you that going out in the name of Jesus is an easy thing in this day and world, but it's not. It's not. 
It's a difficult thing to do. It's a difficult thing uh, because we know that we're putting ourselves out there. We're, we're putting our faith in ourselves out there for the world to see. And, and let's be honest, the world's going to crush it. But if we know we're truly following Jesus, we know that we're going to be okay. Because we're not alone. Because God loves us and cares for us. And that we'll be okay. And yeah, you're going out amongst the wolves when you go out from this church on Sunday. But no, you'll be okay. And that's why I love being sent out. That's the reason why I love doing mission. It's because we're putting ourselves out there and we're, we're, we're sharing God's love. And that may be building a ramp or packaging food or, or just saying hello or sitting with the homeowner. or I mean, there are many ways that we can do mission. And it, it can even be just going to Walmart. We can be one of those 72 being sent out. Because I think we can all agree, no matter what our political or theological lines are, the world needs to hear the good news. And we need not to be afraid about being sent out. But if you notice in verse 8, if you, if, well, whenever you enter a city and its people welcome you to eat, eat what they set before you. Did, you ever, did your parents ever tell you that you need to eat what's set before you? Because it says so in the Bible. I was listening to a podcast this week, and, and these um, theologians uh, for Luther Seminary, they were talking about this experience that, that their parents would use this verse against them to eat what was on their plate, whatever their parents put in front of them, to eat what was on their plate. Maybe you heard these lines, you better eat what's on your plate, or I'm going to package it up and send it to poor kids in China, because they need that food. Or starving children in Africa, or, you know, like... Somewhere along those lines, somebody probably guilted you in the food that you're eating. But don't let these things be barriers. I see this verse as, as when Jesus is challenging us when we're sent out that sometimes there's going to be struggles or cultural barriers that are going to be a little bit weird for us. I was reminded of a time when we went to, um, I was in Nogales, Arizona uh, on a seminary trip. We were there studying issues of the border, and this was in 2009. And when we were there, um, the place that we were staying at was vegetarian. They were honest about it from the very beginning. They sent us all the information saying, hey, understand, for a week you're not going to eat meat. And, and, and understand, this is just the way that we are. And so I was okay with that. I prepared myself. I loaded up on Big Macs before I left, and I knew I'd be okay. I had a meat coma entering into this trip. And I was okay with that was okay with eating vegetables and fruit for a whole week. It's not a bad thing to do. Maybe I need to go back to that now. But then there were a group of people that were there on our team with us that just got the meat cravings. So much so that they went down to the street to the local market and bought steaks and all sorts of things galore and, and were willing to cook the meat there and I'll never forget the look on our host's face when she saw us cooking the meat there. Such a look of disappointment. Such a look of just distrust and like we'd broken a covenant because we agreed. Like we signed a covenant that said we would follow their rules. Even it meant the like three-minute shower that you had to turn on and turn off every time you were uh, doing soaping to preserve water. 
We didn't agree with all their things, but we strive to live into it. And sometimes being sent out, we're going to be put into those uncomfortable situations. And sometimes we just have to be aware. And this verse is a little bit interesting when you think about the food laws that they had. That Jesus is saying, it's okay to eat bologna today. It's okay to eat pork products today if you're giving it to it in a house that you're sending to. It's a little bit different, a little bit radical, isn't it? Sometimes being called out means that we have to stretch ourselves to hospitality given to us. And I'm reminded of this prayer. If you're ever in that situation, because Lord knows when I've been on trips, I've been in a place where I've had to eat food that I like, I don't know where they got this from. Like in the Philippines, the fish that was literally the fish. I mean, they smoked the fish there and literally chopped it up in front of us and definitely not to our current health standards. I prayed this prayer that Jeremy Bassett taught me. He said, Lord, I'll put it down if you keep it down. (laughs) And sometimes we need to pray that prayer. Sometimes we need to be reminded of the hospitality that's given to us. Olu Brown, a United Methodist pastor in Atlanta, Georgia, who started a church 11 years ago with just 25 people, which is now one of the fastest United Methodist, growing United Methodist churches in the country. He shared this advice for us to reach people who don't look and act like us. He said, extreme hospitality requires a willingness to share power with others. Sharing hospitality isn't about just having all together. Sharing hospitality and being a servant means you're there to serve them and what their needs may be. And yeah, you may be able to meet their needs. And no, there may be times where you can't help them. We have to move along the road. But if we're going to be that church that Christ calls us to be, we have to share that extreme hospitality, willing to share powers with others to set aside ourselves, and that's really what he's saying here when he says give up all that stuff, to set aside ourselves and be faithful to God. So you know what happened to the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say? We would discover that when the disciples, when those 72 would come back, it was a joyous report that everything went well. Now, I'm sure there was some instances of hiccups because sometimes bad things happen and we just like, oh, no big deal. That's okay. Who cares about the flat on the side of the road? Who cares that all of our plans didn't go according to plan? We served with a servant's heart. They came back and reported that everything had happened just like the way that they did. And the disciples were so successful that even demons submitted. All because those that were sent out were willing to let go of their motives and their thoughts and willing to allow the kingdom of Christ to work in them and on them. And so this week, how will you serve God? How will you serve the God that's calling you to be a harvester? Because the harvest is plentiful. Think about that this week. Let us pray. Thank you for listening to Tahlequah First Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. If you'd love to join us in person, we worship at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings. And you can find out more information about us by going online at tahlequahumc.org.